0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's an exciting time of the year for sports. Jones versus Reyes, UFC 247 this Saturday in Las Vegas, Nevada. And without a doubt, people are going to be looking to get in on the action. And we have the best place for you to go, my bookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, Try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My Bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up. To a thousand dollars. That means if you deposit two thousand dollars right now, you get an extra thousand dollars in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV. That's capital BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code capital BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. MyBookie. It's Monday, February third, two thousand and twenty. Super Bowl Monday hangover. The Kansas City Chiefs. Our Super Bowl champions. For the first time in 50 years, Andy Reid finally has himself a ring. Patrick Mahomes finally has himself a ring. I mean, it's only been two years in the league, but it still feels long overdue. It's been a long road ahead for Patrick Mahomes. He finally gets to hold that Lombardi trophy. We'll talk about some of his childhood stories growing up in the game of baseball. Not football, baseball. We have a full Super Bowl 54 breakdown for you: biggest moments, biggest plays, best Shakira and J-Lo moments. Best moments from Super Bowl week in Miami. We've got it all, man. We're also going to be talking about The Gentleman here on episode 151. The Gentleman in theaters now starring Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, and Hugh Grant. So much better than anticipated here. It's a must-see. It's McConaughey. It's a McConaughey movie you're not going to want to miss. I mean, I can get behind it. So let's talk about it. Episode 151 is presented by... Belly up sports. Check out belly up Sports at BellyUpSports.com or on Instagram at BellyUpSports or on the Twitter at BellyUpSports. The Osho of course is still sponsored by TickPick. Use the promo code OSHO10. That's capital O-S-H-O-W 10 for $10 off your next order using TickPick.com. And oh yes, if you're still into banging weights, eating sticks, and sleeping eights, go to MechaNutritionStore.com for all the latest protein options including MREs from Redcon One. Use the promo code OSHO20, that's capital O S H O W 20, for $20 off your next order. Okay, let's talk about the Super Bowl. so the 2019 national football league season is officially in the books with the kansas city chiefs winning super bowl 54 thrilling finish to the super bowl great super bowl out in miami florida i mean the chiefs beat the 49ers by a score of 31-20. to 20. Patrick Mahomes was named the Super Bowl most valuable player. A 21-point comeback with about six minutes remaining in the game. And we'll start off with the breakdown for you before we get into the whole Patrick Mahomes story. I kind of want to tell the story of how Patrick Mahomes went from son of a baseball player to Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP in the National Football League. So to start this game after receiving the opening kickoff, I guess Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, uh, they went three and out They didn't start off that hot in this one The, the 49ers uh, took the ball down the field They scored, uh, kicked a field goal to take a 3 nothing lead early on The Chiefs then took the lead on a 75-yard drive Capped off by one of Patrick Mahomes' touchdown runs And after a Jimmy Garoppolo interception The Chiefs kicked a field goal to make it 10-3 to right off the bat So the 49ers, of course, wouldn't go away silently They, they almost won this game I almost thought they were going to win this game they uh, they tied the game on an 80-yard touchdown, ending in a 15-yard pass from Jimmy G to Kyle Jizek, and the score was tied 10-10, heading into halftime when JLo and Shakira stole the show and then in the third quarter the 49ers came out of the second half scoring a field goal on their opening possession in the second half uh then fred warner picked off patrick mahomes that followed uh raheem Raheem mustard punching a one yard touchdown that brought the 49ers lead to 20 to 10 and then they picked off mahomes for a second time before punting on their next drive so from there Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs would then take over they scored 21 unanswered points in the remaining six minutes of the game a 44 yard touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill on third and 15 with about seven minutes left that set up the Chiefs at the San Francisco 20 21 yard line and then a pass interference in the end zone set up a one yard Travis Kelsey touchdown catch San Francisco on their next drive would then go three and out they punted The Chiefs again drove down the field. It was highlighted by a 38-yard pass to Sanmi Watkins and a five-yard touchdown pass to Damian Williams. And then the theme of the fourth quarter, obviously the Chiefs scoring their 21 unanswered points, but then the Chiefs' defense continuing to step up, continuing to mount the pressure on Jimmy G. They sacked Jimmy Garoppolo on a fourth and ten. That set up Patrick Mahomes in the offense at the 49ers' 42-yard line. And then Williams took the second play of the drive, 38 yards for a touchdown to extend that lead to 31-20 to 20 and with about a minute and eight seconds left in the game on second and ten from their own 25 Jimmy Garoppolo would throw his final interception of the season deep pass to Debo Samuel intercepted by Kendall Fuller and that put it to rest put it to bed put it in the books a big curly W in the books not really a a big uh, bland W in the books for the Kansas City Chiefs a few kneel downs and uh, that won them their first Super Bowl in 50 years and then following the game Patrick Mahomes definitely and well deservedly named the Super Bowl most valuable player and when you look back at this postseason for the Chiefs in January and February of 2020 it's going to be the comeback kids the cardiac Chiefs in Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, 24 nothing. they're down against the Houston Texans at home. They score 28 points in the second quarter alone to take the lead they end up scoring 51 in that game then of course they're down by 10 in the afc championship game to a red hot tennessee titan team that coach mike variable almost leading the tennessee titans to their first super bowl in a while and patrick mahomes again turning up the heat a notch they win that game they go to super bowl 54 they're down by 10 with about six minutes remaining 21 unanswered points in the final six minutes to win the Super Bowl and to win that Super Bowl Most Valuable Player Award. I mean, they were staring at a double-digit deficit for the third time in three postseason games last night. This time was with less than 15 minutes against the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl, the best team that the NFC had to offer. And when defensive end Frank Clark um, sauntered onto the field in Hard Rock Stadium and began to talk some trash, he had that much confidence in his team. He had that much confidence... In his defense, I mean, he said that he went out there and told them that they, they're going to have to go home like everybody else. He told George Kittle that he was going home. He told Joe, Joe Staley he was going home. He told all of those guys that they were going home. The Chiefs indeed sent them home with a stunning 31-20 to 20 Loss and leading the way, you gotta say it was the defense. I mean, it was a defense that was rebuilt from the ground up after its AFC championship game collapse a year ago, and that has struggled all night to pick up again that fizzling kansas city offense in that first half the defense forced the 49ers into a pair of punts in the fourth quarter a huge two huge drives forcing jimmy g and the 49ers to punt that gave patrick mahomes a chance to rally the chiefs to their first title in 50 years and of course mahomes came through with a touchdown pass to both travis kelsey and damian williams to give his team the lead and mahomes says that he knew that they weren't in the ideal situation but he believed that his defense was going to get the stops and they most certainly did and the 49ers still had a chance after Williams reached over the pylon with about I want to say it was 245 left 244 left on the clock and then the video review upheld the touchdown call that gave the Chiefs the 24-20 lead at the time But after allowing a first down, a defense that carried a newfound sense of purpose, swagger, you could say. That's how uh, Tyron Matthew called it. They made four consecutive plays when they needed it the most. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo threw three straight incompletions. Then the 49ers quarterback was sacked by Frank Clark who was the $105 million off-season acquisition from Kansas City. That gave the Chiefs the ball back, and Williams got loose for a long touchdown run, and Kendall Fuller picked off a desperation Hail Mary heave by Jimmy G to put the exclamation point Uh, on the comeback and there were great expectations going into the season that's what Matthew said after the game he said but we knew we had the pieces in place it was a great challenge defensively going into this game I'm proud that we kind of shut them down not kind of they absolutely shut Jimmy G down in the fourth quarter and back in Kansas City a fan base that hadn't celebrated a title since the Nixon administration was finally able to celebrate Um, I think those people are probably going to be so happy and obviously... the Chiefs' players in the front office are so grateful that they—they're the group to kind of bring it back to those people. I mean, the Royals won a World Series five years ago in 2015, but to win the first Super Bowl in the NFL in nearly 50 years—I mean, those people have been supporting the Chiefs forever. It's—it's kind of cool to see them end as champions this year, and it's going to be that defense. It has been the—the the bane of all organization for years. I mean, especially in the postseason, there was that uh, memorable 38 38 divisional loss to the Colts after the 20, uh, I think it was 2003 2003 season against Peyton Manning in which nobody punted in the game and and the 45-44 collapse in Indianapolis in the wild card round after the 2013 season against Andrew Luck when the Chiefs blew a 31-10 lead at halftime, that's when Alex Smith was the quarterback and then the pressure and the ridicule mounted on Andy Reid that he would never win the big one. I mean the most heartbreaking loss though, you got to say was that one that spurred the Chiefs to make the wholesale changes last offseason they took on the New England Patriots to overtime uh, before losing the coin toss and then their defense failed to get Tom Brady and his bunch off the field and then the Chiefs lost without giving Patrick Mahomes and the NFL's best offense arguably during that 2018 season an opportunity with the ball in overtime so the famously loyal Andy Reid decided to then fire coordinator Bob Sutton bring in Steve Spagnuolo who switched to a 4-3 scheme Required new personnel across the board So the Chiefs traded for Clark Signed him to a big deal Added Matthew in free agency And then added a supporting cast That gave Andy Reid confidence That they would, uh, I guess you could say Hang with just about anybody in the league I mean, the first eight games were a struggle Definitely this year The final eight games were a lesson in dominance And that rebuild. Uh, that rebuilt defense that couldn't get the Patriots off the field last postseason, it definitely got the 49ers off the field when it mattered Sunday night. And the Chiefs held Jimmy G to just 219 passing yards with a touchdown, two interceptions, that final one we mentioned that put the, ceiling, uh, uh, the seal on the deal. It, it held one of the NFL's best ground attacks to just 141 yards rushing. And it finally quit biting on trick plays and end arounds that caused them fits the entire first half of the season, uh, playing the kind of defense down the stretch that Kansas City has sought for years. And when the final seconds finally ticked off the clock last night in Miami, Clark ripped off his helmet. He ran the length of the field. He fell to his knees staring into the sky i mean matthew pranced around in celebration his own roller coaster journey reaching its climax here and the defensive line that consistently put pressure on garoppolo down the stretch looked like giddy school children honestly that's the only way i could put it as i mean they hugged everybody the flying confetti everywhere the celebration five decades in the making finally playing out on a field in miami florida and uh chris jones defensive tackle for the chiefs actually said he told coach reed that they're not leaving without a ring they're not gonna get on that bus without a ring i mean i don't know what would have happened if they lost but i mean if the defense makes stops pat will make something happen i mean they made a stop and they sailed so congratulations to the kansas city chiefs super bowl 54 champion super bowl liv in miami florida my condolences go out to all 49ers fans. Know a lot of 49ers fans, a lot of a lot of friends in San Francisco in the Bay Area. My condolences out here. That's now Super Bowl. They lost Super Bowl 47 against the Ravens. Now they lose Super Bowl 54 against the Chiefs still looking for their first Super Bowl since the Montana days, since 1994. Well, I guess that was Steve Young. That was Steve Young's I guess final leap out of the shadow of Joe Montana, who had won four Super Bowls with the 49ers, 82, 85, 89, and 90. But Steve Young winning the last Super Bowl for the 49ers, it was Jim Harbaugh and Colin Kaepernick against uh, John Harbaugh and Joe Flacco in Super Bowl 47. The lights went out. 49ers not Doing so well on that one. They came up a little bit short. They looked like they were going to pull it off today. 20-10 to with about 6 minutes and 15 seconds remaining. And then Patrick Mahomes, like I said, I'll say it one more time for you, ladies and gents. 21 unanswered points with 6 minutes remaining. So congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs on winning Super Bowl 54. With that being said, I kind of want to talk about Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes, again, Super Bowl 54 most valuable player may win the NFL most valuable player award if it wasn't for Lamar Jackson's season Lamar Jackson of course winning that honor on Saturday night NFL MVP congrats to Lamar Jackson but Patrick Mahomes again starting out in baseball his dad a professional pitcher for the Texas Rangers don't forget junior had a potential in pro baseball I mean it was laid out in front of him and MLB legend former Yankee Alex Rodriguez actually told uh, Mahomes to quit football I mean A-Rod admitted to telling Mahomes there was absolutely no future in football when he was growing up and then A-Rod admitted that he is thankful that the quarterback uh, didn't listen to him I mean A-Rod played with Mahomes' dad Pat Mahomes Sr. with the Rangers and Patrick Mahomes used he used to field balls for A-Rod prior to games during batting practice. And when Patrick Mahomes was still playing both sports, Alex Rodriguez offered his strong opinion on his athletic future. He said, uh, now listen to me, this is Arod, and I quote, now listen to me. If you don't hear one thing I ever tell you, you better listen to this. There is no money, there is no future, there is no history in football. You have to play baseball. And Mahomes did not follow Arod's advice at all, not even a little bit zero percent but the Chiefs quarterback still remembered those words and A-Rod admitted that he's glad Patrick Mahomes had a mind of his own when it came to his future he said and I quote well he reminded me of that recently and boy am I glad that he didn't listen to me that's what he told uh uh, sporting news and A-Rod was right about one thing and that is that Patrick Mahomes could have had a career in baseball I mean we see it on the football field Troy Aikman said it during Super Bowl week that he I mean you would see it in his arm angles sometimes how easy he makes it look I mean second baseman shortstop he could have been it would it will not come as a surprise to many sports fans of Patrick Mahomes signature no look passes that his baseball position um, was a pitcher And Patrick Mahomes pitched a 16-strikeout no-hitter in high school and was later selected in the uh, 37th round of the 2014 Major League Baseball draft by the Detroit Tigers. And it may seem like a late-round pick, but Patrick Mahomes made it clear that he was pursuing football. I mean, Mahomes would have likely gone much higher in the draft if he was open to playing baseball like Kyler Murray. Who also didn't end up playing baseball my condolences to the Bay Area once again and the Oakland Athletics and I think it was Tim Greve who scouted he was a scout in Major League Baseball he scouted Patrick Mahomes for the Detroit Tigers and admitted the team knew he was unlikely to play baseball and Grieve noted to MLB.com that it was worth the risk to use a late round pick on Patrick Mahomes given the small chance things Uh, With football and if it didn't work out I mean grief provided an overview Of what made uh, Patrick Mahomes Such an intriguing prospect In baseball I mean he was the best Player on the field or on the Court in three different sports it wasn't Like you were just talking about one sport One position I mean I'm Pretty sure that he would have been good at whatever he wanted to do and then you see a kid and you start seeing the tools come together but it's so easy to watch a kid play and you I mean you see that Patrick Mahomes is having fun and above and beyond the ability he's got he he's got the stuff that tells you that he's gonna be good he might have ended up being a center fielder and hitting third in your lineup I'm not even sure pitching was the best thing that he did on the baseball field growing up But again, it's safe to say that he made the right choice. Andy Reid and his staff, of course, making the right choice by drafting Kansas City Chiefs national football Super Bowl 54 champion Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, after what, a 21 year wait? Andy Reid is finally a Super Bowl winning head coach. He's 61 years old, led the Chiefs to a 31-20 win over the 49ers last night. I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, what a great team, a great organization, great coaches. I mean, you got to love every bit of it. And before the win, Andy Reid was one of the most successful head coaches in NFL history without a Super Bowl win. I mean, he came into the Super Bowl this year with, I think, 207 career wins in the regular season. 221 if you include the playoffs And that ranks 7th all time I mean Bill Belichick's got 273 He's the only active head coach Ahead of Andy Reid in career victories Uh, The 5 other head coaches In front of Andy Reid are all in the Pro Football Hall of Fame so that says it all Right there I mean the former Eagles Head coach Andy Reid has been to 7 championship games and a Super Bowl before earning His biggest win of his coaching career He went to the of course AFC title game With the Chiefs last year Super Bowl this year And then all those other appearances uh, Happening with the Philadelphia Eagles He had 14 years in Philly From 1999 to 2012 He went to 5 NFC title games And a Super Bowl during an 8 year stretch But was never able to win that big game Again a big NFC title game Against the Arizona Cardinals in 2008 Wasn't able to get the job done To advance to the Super Bowl Couldn't beat Brady and Belichick During their first dynasty That happened back in 2004 And then the Eagles Like I said lost Lost that Super Bowl. I think it was twenty four twenty one in Jacksonville. That I think it was two thousand and four, two thousand and five, maybe. And Andy Reid was eventually fired by the Eagles in two thousand thirteen. They went four and twelve that year. Um, a week later, though, he was hired by the Chiefs and. Andy Reid's credit has led the Chiefs to their first home AFC championship game at Arrowhead Stadium uh, two straight years and then following the title win the Chiefs were able to claim uh, the Lamar Hunt trophy which was named after the founder and the former owner of the Kansas City franchise and Reed was finally able to get over the Super Bowl hump last night with the help of Patrick Mahomes and Damian Williams and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey you name them all The Super Bowl victory was only the second in Chiefs history in the first in 50 years. Andy Reid is the sixth oldest coach to win his first Super Bowl. I mean, he was aggressive on fourth down early in the game, which is going to be one of the big points in this game. I mean, when the Chiefs were down three, I think they were down three-nothing late in the first quarter. Uh, It was fourth and one at the San Francisco five-yard line, and Andy Reid kept his offense on the field and ran uh, Williams up the middle for a four-yard gain, which is a ballsy move for a head coach in the biggest game of your life. And then two plays later... Patrick Mahomes gives the Chiefs the lead with a one-yard rushing touchdown following an extra point that gave them a 7-3 lead and then Reed decided to push the pedals on the metal again fourth and one this happened again in the game during the uh, offense's second drive so Williams was able to pick up the first down for the second time in as many drives on a delayed pitch Uh, I mean there was an er early interception that gave the Chiefs a chance to create some space as well I mean that's when Jimmy G fired that 18-yard completion to Emmanuel Sanders which moved them up to midfield about, I think it was their second drive of the game for San Francisco. And then two plays later, Jimmy G faced pressure up the middle from I think it was Chris Jones and Mike Pennell, those two Chiefs defensive linemen. And Garoppolo fired a pass down the field while being hit by Pennell, and the ball was picked off by Bashad Breeland That set up that I think that set him up at the 44 yard line, and then the Chiefs immediately went to the air. I mean, Mahomes overcame pressure in the pocket and heaved a pass to Wide receiver Sammy Watkins who made I think I think it was a 28 yard gain he made up leaping grab I think it was 28 yards and then the completion put the Chiefs within 49ers territory and scoring position that led to that field goal drive and then I mean despite the repeated success the Chiefs Drive would stall on the next set of downs. I mean, Kansas City still gained points off the turnover uh, with that 31-yard field goal. But after that, they kind of again were met with a brick wall by that 49ers defense. They went down 20 to 10. I mean, but the the 49ers odd time management. To end that second half, took away potential scoring opportunities for the 49ers. But again, congrats to Andy Reid, congrats to Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. You got to fight for your right to Lombardi. I think that's the way Travis Kelsey put it. Congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 54 champions are going to Disney World. Let's talk about the gentleman, the gentleman starring Matthew McConaughey, Hugh Grant, and Charlie Hunnam. This is probably the best Matthew McConaughey movie I've ever seen. I mean, he's corny in it. I mean, that's Matthew McConaughey, but the character fit that bill so well that it kind of just blended in and you kind of didn't really notice it had a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of comedy, a lot of really good moments that just made you want to sit down and drink a scotch. So let's talk about the gentleman here on episode 151 after this quick word from Mecca Nutrition. Do you find yourself constantly working on your physique only to find no real results? Or are you officially fed up with your lack of progress in weight loss and weight gain programs? then do I have a solution for you? Mecca Nutrition, build a better you. Choose from a variety of products, including protein, carbohydrates, creatine, pre-workouts, vitamins, and more. Why choose Mecca Nutrition? Mecca Nutrition is a family-owned and operated sports nutrition store located in the heart of Bakersfield, California. Mecca's goal is to provide you the customer with the best customer service, nationally recognized products that you know are tried and true, and most most of all, they have the best prices around. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to contact Mecha Nutrition via social media on Facebook and Instagram, at Mecca Nutrition. You can email them, or you can call the shop as well at 661-695-9061. Again, that's 661-695-9061. I've been using Mecha Nutrition products for over a year and a half now, and for someone with an extremely high metabolism, I can tell you that these products work. I gained nearly 25 pounds of muscle after using Mecca's select products in the protein and carb aisle with products such as Redcon 1 meal replacement protein and carbs as well as Neil's hookups. So feel free to call the shop or email Mecca's general manager at neil or neil at mecha store.com rumor has it if you mentioned mecha nutrition you may come away with an added discount as well but you didn't hear it from me so go check it out if you want to transform your body and get into the best shape possible right now mecha nutrition build a better you All right, the gentleman, you can say, is Guy Ritchie, the director. He drove it back home, accelerating right into stylish direction. I mean, this was an old-school crime drama with hilarious action. I mean, British gangsters made a huge comeback with Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Hugh Grant, and even Colin Farrell, who played a great role as the coach. I mean, they placed on an amusing, albeit convoluted if you will plot that the film refers to as a quote-unquote cock-off big european very big english film uh they use the word cunt like it's the word darn or crap or drat i mean they use it in every other sentence i mean it's a regular dick measuring contest i mean come prepared to relive the man from uncle-esque film in a post aladdin world that is the words of tanzeem partawalla who wrote this article uh based on the gentleman and of course it's a guy ritchie going back into his cinematic comfort zone i guess i mean when the film's trailer dropped a few months ago i wondered i mean are we ever watching men trading marijuana wearing expensive suits and carrying their accents around a british town this movie is the next directorial outing after Aladdin and the uncomfortable and unfortunate King Arthur Legend of the Sword. So the familiar... Tonality of this action Comedy flick felt a little Assuring I mean not a whole lot at first But Guy Ritchie had other plans For the crime genre and Boy am I glad that he decided To drive it back home I mean the gentleman's Plot is the violence and The hilarity that ensues when a Marijuana lord tries to get Out of the game and the many crime bosses Who are ready to take his place I mean starring Matthew McConaughey Hunnam Hugh Grant Henry Golding Jeremy Strong Colin. Colin Farrell, Michelle Dockery, Eddie Marson, the list goes on and on. The cast of The Gentleman is pretty tight. I mean, the the insensible cast announced actors we've seen before in gangster films. They can be scary drug lords, rugged criminals, and Rock Bossman suits all at the same time. I mean, McConaughey, I mean, of course, Dallas Buyers Club, uh, Charlie Hunnam, of course, Sons of Anarchy, who can forget that show? With the promise of good performances and unfailing comedic elements, I mean, I walked into this movie ready to be entertained, ready to laugh, thinking more of, again, the man from Uncle rather than the aforementioned disaster movies. And the gentlemen are deliciously fascinating characters. Matthew McConaughey, first and foremost, is so back on track with this film. He plays a man called Mickey Pearson, an American ex-pat in the British Marijuana Empire game. He's made his money with the, the weed farms and wants out with a comfortable fortune earned. His character has moments of like sheer and dangerous power in this one, and some of the amazing deadpan comedy, both of which Matthew McConaughey pulls off effortlessly. I mean, one of the best actors ever. Charlie Hunnam's uh, he he played a man named Raymond he played the right-hand man to Pearson kind of his go-to guy and you've seen Hunnam in several action films like I said trust me when I say you'll be glad this role doesn't remind you of his King Arthur act at all i mean they're the thoughts in your head now but out for mickey's fortune upon hearing that he wants out is henry golding's dry eye who's a chinese mobster who wants to surpass his current boss and take over the empire i mean sharing the sentiment is jeremy strong's matthew berger who wishes to take out of uh the competition i mean added to this mess is hugh grant's private eye who goes by the name of fletcher chooses he chooses to blackmail raymond by extension And by extension, uh, his boss, Mickey Pearson Fletcher's the kind of guy, he's like a wannabe movie director an undercover spy who digs up dirt on people just independently, freelance work never really understood it but uh, Colin Farrell also joins the uh, cast as coach again, probably one of the best characters in this movie he's a guy who runs an MMA gym and is dragged into this empire war as a debt payoff and all these men are now in what the film calls a traditional, again and cock off a regular dick measuring contest for power. Their words, not mine. And the cast performs... I mean the performances in this movie were everything The actors with their British accents and unique mobster traits Are the charm of the entire movie You can't help but get drawn even by their most offensive jokes Again, that word, the C word, I won't say it again It makes me very nervous, very uncomfortable They say it like it's nothing I mean of course the suit wearing men already have their appeal But even Colin Farrell's ridiculously dressed coach Is hard to take your eyes off of You should also know in this movie that Hugh Grant's character is gay For Charlie Hunnam's character And The Gentleman is Guy Ritchie's Stylistic sensibilities Making a comeback I mean when I said that Guy Ritchie Is driving this one home I mean the place Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels a snap, And a snatch came from the, the Gentleman is a major throwback To uh, Guy Ritchie's Unique dire- directorial sensibilities The film begins ...with the narrator explaining that we're going to go back to 35mm uh, lensing... ...which brings out the film in this. So like all those film junkies out there are like, yes, I know what that means. As opposed to like the average moviegoer who's like, I have no idea what that means. So there are some politics of nostalgia at play here when it comes to the film industry. And when you see the characters zipping through action scenes... ...drizzled with comedic moments, you can't help but enjoy this ride. I mean, the director's camera is obsessed with capturing not just the subject of the action i mean let's say a shootout but a lot more with what's happening in the background there's a delightful scene in which coaches underlings join the action playing hip-hop tunes cut into a a video which they probably used like final cut pro and adobe premiere to edit uh they made that movie they created it with the movie out of a recent raid that they uh, laid on one of mcconaughey's marijuana farms posted it on youtube was great what happens in scenes like these is a pure genius blend of gruesome action with laugh out loud material and Guy Ritchie is fun he's always been a, a fun so stylish uh, fun direction is what really makes this movie I thought I was over English Tarantino but it turns out I'm not humoristic direction. ...to a gangster's life is a... I guess you could say it's a contribution to crime genre. Only... I mean, only he can make... And and so I, I don't think fans will blame him. Blame Guy Ritchie here for relying on it... ...ever so often in The Gentleman. And Guy Ritchie is still the guy who... ...again, made the man from UNCLE... Best believe he got uh, His mojo back in this one There are are shots he takes uh, His time with and then there's those That he just zip lines through whether whether or not you're prepared for the pace. It can, however, be said that the pacing is slower for the director. I mean, the gentleman's outrageously funny story gets a peppy-verse-filled narrative. Because I'll admit, the first 15 minutes of this movie were very... I mean, they were difficult to keep up with, at least for me. The film goes all guns blazing into the story, and it has so many convoluted plots that you almost can't maintain a chain of thoughts in the first 15 minutes it's narrated completely in flashbacks and for a while you you'll think that the plot is nonsensical i mean just a a plethora of words and disjointed action because at the beginning of the movie it seemed as if makane's character was shot and killed now they're just telling the story But once you settle into this movie, you understand that just how much the film relies on that narrative structure. And no, McConaughey's character does not die, but it does make you seem. So spoiler alert, if you you haven't seen the movie, don't listen. The story goes back and forth between dialogues that almost border towards poetic verse, if you will. If you you think the action of the film is funny, you should see what it does with dialogue. I mean, Hugh Grant's character gets most of these lines with a lot of rhyme and meter to accompany the otherwise long rant-like lines. I mean, considering that the, the film is just action sequences set on conversation, you'll find yourself appreciating how... I mean, how brisk it is. Do expect the the very curse words and the sweary lines, though. These are British gangsters... And even if their words seem smart, I mean, they say some pretty scandalous words in this movie, but uh, unfortunately, the space that Guy Ritchie was comfortable with was also the space where racism and cinema were allowed to grow in this film. The film doesn't treat its Asian characters very kindly. Henry Golding's dry eye, he, he becomes the butt of some pretty sad jokes that weren't politically correct back then and quite honestly, aren't politically correct now more than ever. And the Asian gangsters are represented as somehow more descendant than the English lot. I mean, Dry Eye is called a Chinese James Bond by Mickey, and his kin are given even worse scenes i mean jason wong's character is uh uh, uh <laughs> his name's pronounced p or his name's spelled p-h-u-c which is fuck obviously and thus continues the degradation. thematically the brits look down on the chinese since they deal with harder substances than weed heroin giving them an even lower moral backing in the underworld the director could very well say that those are the slurs of time, but we saw no such problem with the Irishman, which was Martin Scorsese's comeback that falls into the crime genre. I mean, the treatment of Asian characters remains the same, even when the frame populates just them with no Englishmen in sight. I mean, you'll see what I mean the gentleman though is thoroughly it's a thoroughly fun movie to watch by a fun director we need a nostalgia trip to be reminded of the old school pleasures of gangster films and the director needed redemption i mean it borrows everything you love from the genre and packs it in one film populated again with these gentlemen matthew mcconaughey charlie hunnam and uh, colin farrell hugh grant the list goes on and on how could you resist this movie It was a phenomenal movie best matthew mcconaughey movie to date i mean Did it need to get the endowed Racism along though Not really but we got it So well, ready or not, here you come. The gentleman in theaters now. Go check it out. That's my review of The Gentleman. Uh, again, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champions. We got California sports lawyer, the founder of California sports lawyer, Jeremy Evans on the show Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the Houston Astros scandal, what laws they broke. He is a lawyer, after all. And we'll talk about, uh, unfortunately, the helicopter that took the lives of nine victims, including Kobe and G- G. G. Bryant. That was last Sunday. We'll talk about the helicopter and what regulations that that helicopter had. Uh, apparently, had special conditions to fly in the fog on Sunday morning last weekend, January twenty sixth. So we'll talk about that a little with Jeremy Evans on Wednesday before we talk to Zach Hampel on Friday. Talking big league ballparks in the house spring training just a few weeks away baseball season coming just around the corner a lot of great interviews coming your way but that'll do it for today's episode episode 151 presented by belly up sports remember follow belly up sports on twitter and instagram at belly up sports and also go rate the show on podchaser.com getting a lot of great reviews for the yo show as well as the corner booth chair and all the great shows over at belly up sports podcast network we're also sponsored by Tick pick, You should've used tick pick, you bastards. I won't use the C word, even though we just reviewed the gentleman. Go to tickpick.com. Use the promo code OSHO10, that's capital OSHOW10 for $10 off for your next order. And Mecca Nutrition. Use the promo code OSHO20, that's capital OSHOW20 for $20 off your next order if you're in banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping eights. Hit it, hootie. <laughs>